I'm Logan, and this is another different episode of Automatic for the People. It's automatic, it's automatic, it's automatic. Hey everybody, welcome back to Automatic for the People, a Mr. Robot podcast. Still going at it solo. Um, Ryan is on a break uh, while he works some things out. Uh, sounds probably more ominous than I mean it. He's doing okay, tweeting. I think he's still tweeting at Polk79. Tell him hey, tell him you wish him the best. Um, tell him his ass better be back for the final season. Um, so, yeah, uh, we're uh, nearing the end of our season three rewatch. Uh, which uh, we're on season three, episode seven, Frederick and Tanya, which um, if you're paying attention and if you weren't, um, you're probably completely lost with this show. Uh, Frederick and Tanya are the aliases adopted by Trenton and Mobley when they went into hiding at the end of season two. They were uh, not hiding as well as they thought, uh, our favorite um, prison uh, companion, I don't know what to call him, a Mr. Joey Badass, Leon, played by Joey Badass, uh, shows up and basically uh, kidnaps Trenton and Mobley, takes them out to the desert, has them dig a hole. Uh, <laughs> it's very, I don't know, it's very Breaking Badish in this like funny, tragic kind of way. Um, this is probably the most Breaking Bad-like episode of this show. Uh, not that it doesn't feature a lot of other things. Uh, specifically the Angela stuff, which uh, alludes a lot more to the possibility of alternate universes, time travel, mirror worlds, whatever whatever craziness uh, Sam Esmail has up his sleeve. And it's it's a very, very solid episode. It's not quite the one-two punch that the previous two episodes were, although it does end with the biggest gut punch since we opened the trunk with Elliot and saw Shayla in it. Um, the That reveal of Trenton and Mobley uh, dead, the build-up to that, it's, it's, it's up there with some of the best... Uh, cinematic stuff in the last few years and it's on a cable television show that uh, you know airs on USA it's not even on HBO so uh, just the quality of this show always blows me away I know I ramble on it on and on and on about it but uh, yeah it's another fantastic episode I'm you know trying to keep these short as I you know, kind of push you towards, hey, here's our original discussion of this episode. Um, I don't know that I have much new to say about it uh, or that I caught anything um, really new. Uh, Nothing struck me. I did uh, kind of wonder how Mr. Robot found Irving uh, found the garage, how he knew about all that, because while they had the connection, it, it much more seemed like Irving was White Rose's connection, uh, which I believe is true. But turns out there is a deleted scene with uh, Mr. Robot confronting Angela, um, and I do believe that's on Prime, and you can watch it. Uh, Angela gives up the contact info, and that's how he finds Irving. So, yeah, go check that out. If you don't have Prime, all the seasons are available on Prime. And uh, it's uh, definitely worth the money. There's some other really good shows on there, too. Uh, But, yeah, the end of uh, Trenton and Mobley. It is a sad, sad affair. Um, Two characters we probably, like most of the characters that aren't on this show anymore... We didn't get to know enough of. Uh, We also had Tyrell finding out about the death of his wife, which was so heartbreaking to watch. Again, Tyrell is a character that... He's so complex. You don't know... 
do you love this guy? Do you hate this guy? Do you just feel sorry for him? I don't know. Um, it's just so interesting to watch. So I'm going to just jump ahead or, or leave it there, I guess, not jump ahead, and say here's our original discussion of this episode. Um, and I will be back tomorrow, probably, with another uh, brief uh, rundown of the episode as I watch it, and then uh, the same thing, pushing you, like, here's some st- stuff you probably already listened to. So, uh, yeah, and then starting into this week, uh, look forward to me and Jess uh, in Atlanta, uh, our good friend, um, talking about Legion, which I watched the premiere. And uh, if you're sleeping on this show, I don't know what to tell you. If you like Mr. Robot, (laughs) there's no way in hell you're not going to enjoy Legion. You just got to embrace the weirdness. So I'll, uh, I'll talk to you guys tomorrow. I'm Logan. And I'm Ryan. And this is Automatic for the People. everybody welcome back to automatic for the people a mr robot podcast uh we are coming late this week usually we record by friday and i have it up sometime saturday or sunday morning at the latest um but thanksgiving and me being sick and ryan being incredibly busy at work for the last three two three days um just Actually, surprisingly, yesterday wasn't that bad at all. Huh? Well, considering all those college games, I would have thought it was... Yesterday being the Alabama-Auburn game for everyone who's listening. (laughs) And I make pizzas. Did did Alabama play yesterday? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I don't think they did. (laughs) Sorry for any Alabama fans that are listening. Yeah, that's a really bad joke. <laughs> I feel your pain because Georgia got <laughs> yeah. Georgia up. didn't show up to their Auburn game either. <laughs> they better show up to the next one though. Uh, anyway, that's football talk. <laughs> Ryan just got done watching the Falcons pull one out too. So actually, I watched him try to not win the game. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's usually the way it goes. They're like they're winning. Oh wait, no, they're trying to not win the game. They're winning twenty like twenty seven to six. It's like, like it's like the reverse of the Indians team in Major League. Like they're just trying to not win. So <laughs> you know. Anyway, it's not football talk. <laughs> We're talking Mr. Robot. Um season three, episode seven. Uh, Frederick plus Tanya are, you know, in actual speak, Frederick and Tanya, which I, I would imagine that anybody going into this, looking at the title of the episode would be like, what the hell does that have to do with anything? I did, but you know what? I realized when I watched it again, you saw the previously on, I didn't. So all that stuff that I was sitting there like, who the crap is this? If I would have watched the previously on, 
I would have saw. I would have remembered all of that. <laughs> like I, I done totally forgot those two people even existed. Yeah, Ryan completely forgot that uh, Mobley and Trenton were even characters in the show. So, never mind that they were instrumental in the five nine hack. But uh, and I forgot he met them. Uh, what's his name? Met them walking up saying. Joey can Badass. I bum a, yeah, can I bum a cigarette or whatever it is he asked them? No, he said, I think he says, let me ask you a question. Or something like that. Playing, Joey Badass playing Leon. Which, we've we've already seen him once uh, this season. But only like briefly, right? And this was like full on Joey Badass being Leon again. Like, from the start of the episode. He's just talking about, you know what's messed up, He's man? dogging your boy, man. <laughs> I like Frasier, but <laughs> I, I understand his point about Frasier, and it's completely it's valid. Like, how is this balding white dude getting so much booty? <laughs> <laughs> and, he's like, and he's not like shagging, like, a bottom of the barrel either. He's like, which I disagree. Like, there's a few people in the course of that show that I'm like, yeah, they're way out of Frasier's League. But for the most part, um, I don't think they are. And kind of the point of most of his relationships on the show is that he's so self-centered and just ridiculous that he's going to screw it up. Like, no matter what it is. So, I mean, in in the relationships that he's in the longest are always the ones where he's pretending not to be himself, you know, because he's just a vain, self-centered, egotistical idiot. So, yeah, um, I never really got into this show. Um, I just heard something in the background and realized I didn't shut my bedroom door. So if y'all are hearing the other TV, I'm sorry. (laughs) Uh, I don't hear it, so, but maybe they do, who knows, um, but I, uh, actually I do kind of hear it now, um, he, he goes on to say, now you never can unhear it, yeah, (laughs) now there's always just this low talking person, person in the background, so, yeah, thanks for that, uh, so he goes on to talk about how underrated Knight Rider is. And I I honestly have not watched Knight Rider since we were, like, eight, maybe? When was that show on? Yeah, it's, it's got to be around then, eight to ten years old. So, I, I mean, I don't remember anything about it. But I do appreciate that he's like, yeah, it's underappreciated. Like, not only, you know, is Michael Knight amazing, but it, like, totally predicts are uh what not obsession obsession basically with our our personal relationships with our cars yeah or no with technology in general yeah like it, it went from like kit is in the car or kit is the car but your our version of that is in our phone is is the little tower thing that you bought from amazon that talks to you Alexa. You know? Yeah, and has kind of a personality, or at, at least at, at the a, appearance of one. Um, if, if you want a Amazon Echo Dot, they got them right now for thirty dollars, and you can pay six dollars a month for five months. Why would I want one? I don't know. I got one. <laughs> I mean, I was thinking about giving it away as a Christmas present, but you know, the... there you go. The there fire go, sticks Amazon. are like 20 bucks or something, right? Yeah, this is your commercial, Amazon. <laughs> hey, and if you want to get one, if you go to <laughs> filmdispenser.com and click on the Amazon link, you'll help us out. Um, so you get a deal and we get like 50 cents. So there you go. Everybody wins. Um, but yeah, it, it, he talks a lot about Knight Rider. And meanwhile... They're just watching this news report of the world continuing to, to yeah, plunge further into hell, you know? 
And they're sitting there and Trenton and Mobley are just like in complete disbelief. Smash cut to them getting in his uh, caddy, as he calls it later, and waxing poetic about the Knight Rider theme song. And this show has had a lot of amazing openings. Um, I, th- I think the high bar is still the full house opening from last year, right? I mean, because nobody saw that coming. No, that was just... That was... It was nuts. But to transition... And, and I knew, like, once he said the theme song, I was like, there's no way they leave this scene in here without getting the rights for the theme song. I mean, for all I know, I think Universal owns USA. Uh, they, they probably own it already. Um, but cut to them driving down the street and the Knight Rider theme song starts playing. And he's right. It's one of the most iconic themes. Uh, we we actually watched this episode together. And, I, I mean, did I not sit there and just do the theme as it was going? I haven't watched that show since I was eight years old. Yeah, but you can never forget that. It's so damn good. And to like to use that in the show, it was just it made me so happy. Uh, so we go from there to Elliot watching the news, and then having his emotional breakdown, and immediately he rushes to Krista, his therapist, and we get that cool little way that they now have of transitioning us from Elliot to Mister Robot. With the like the voice thing, I I love it. Um, I think it's cool. Um, I had a theory about that for a little while, but it completely just washed away. Um, what? That when it glitches like that, that that's <sighs> someone changing something in the like the time the timeline. Oh, that would be interesting. Kind of like a uh, deja vu in the Matrix, almost. Right. So, hmm. I'm sure that's where I got it from, was the Matrix. So. <laughs> that's okay. They stole the Matrix from somewhere else, so we can steal from them. Um, but yeah, the the I love the way they transition it now. Um, because the two have started becoming interchangeable and they don't interact with each other as much. Like we've only had two scenes this season. Yeah. One Elliot, was in the elevator and it wasn't even Mr. Robot, you know, like it wasn't the actual persona of Mr. Robot. It was kind of Elliot trying to, to do that because that version of that, of Mr. Robot was, more on Elliot's side and less about like, no, let's blow it all up. So, um, well, the one in the, uh, doctor's office. Well, they didn't Mr. really interact though. Like Elliot and Mr. Robot don't really interact. Like, I know. We but see I'm, what I'm saying is the Mr. Robot in the doctor's office is more along the lines of it wasn't supposed to happen like this. Not as much as Elliot, like, it's not supposed to happen, but he pretty much tells the doctor that Elliot doesn't know who he's messing with and that it wasn't supposed to go down like that and blah, blah, blah. So he's less of the evil, let's blow it all up. Well, because it was never, for him, it wasn't necessarily about being evil. It was about the whole, like, starting over thing. No, I mean, I get it. I, I was just recognizing the fact that that was one of the less evil versions of Mr. <laughs> Robot we've seen. It was more along the lines of season one, Mr. Robot. Right. <laughs> but you're like, I kind of dig what this guy is saying. Um, and season two, he's just crazy. Yeah. I mean, he's crazy anyway, but, uh, but yeah, so he's telling Krista about basically confessing, you know, Saying, like, can't you put this all together? Like, I instrumented this. Like, this is my design. And and these a-holes have stolen it and used it 
to make themselves uh, richer, essentially, to reshape the world to give them an even bigger advantage than they already have. And, you know, now I have to find a way to take that back from them. And so, you know, she tells him what he's got, like, delusions of grandeur. And, of course, you know, he's not having any of that. Um, then we cut from there to the F Society video, which I still want to know, like, so they, they got that one dude and now they have Tyrell, but now somebody else is still putting out F Society videos. Yeah. I was kind of curious about who that was too. You think it's the, um, the Chinese dude that's working with White Rose? I don't know his name. Maybe. Um, I should know his name. Grant, maybe, I think is his name. Something like that. Maybe it's the used car salesman. <laughs> the used car salesman. <laughs> I mean, that's basically what... Yeah, I still don't He's understand. On a car lot, and he definitely looks like a used car salesman. I still don't understand what... Irving has to do with any of this. But by that same token, what does Leon have to do with any of this? Was Leon just their link to get to Elliot while he was in prison? Or was he already part of all this? Well, I mean... You've got to have your... Your... People in their, in, in their places. So, I think Irving, his thing is... Who's going to think this guy's part of a freaking... But what does he bring to the table? He's got a used car lot that <laughs> they can do anything they want in, and nobody's going to think twice about what what is in there. Uh, I it, It's just... I don't know. It, it reminds me a lot of uh, Bill Paxton in True Lies, where he tries to convince... <laughs> yeah. Uh, convince her that he's a uh, secret agent, you know? And, and part of me believes that that's where this comes from, is that eventually somewhere along the way, we're going to find out that, like, Sam Esmail is going to reference true lies in some other way. And, you know, it's it's basically just what if Bill Paxton's character in True Lies was actually a secret agent only he's not a secret agent he's just some dude working for this uh clandestine secret organization you know and i guess you're right he's unsuspecting because he's a sleazy used car salesman but i still don't understand what other than like oh we can use his car lot for like murdering people or something i, I don't understand what he brings to the table but hopefully, society videos. <laughs> yeah, but hopefully we'll find out. Um, anyway, so the FBI is watching this video. They have Tyrell. Uh, his lawyer is mouthing off about how, and we kind of caught not that it wasn't obvious, but we did bring this up last week. Tyrell set himself up to look like he had been kidnapped for however long he's been missing. And that's exactly the story that they spin. Um, that he yeah. was forced to do all this. And Dom's not having any of this, man. I cannot wait until she puts all the puzzle pieces together. You can see... Well, that's later on in the episode. But, but it starts in that scene, though. where she, You can she, see her wheels turning, though. Well, she tells uh, old buddy, her boss... She's like, something doesn't add up. And he's like, what is that supposed to mean? Which, she wasn't even pointing a finger at him. To me, like, dude just gave himself away. She's going to backtrack to that moment and be like, he's in on this. And, you know, I can't wait to see when she puts that together. So, the Tyrell interrogation. What do you think about right before that when he's talking to his grandma? <laughs> Like you're it's not, not his grandma, it's, it's his mother, isn't it? Oh, it's, okay. You're not supposed to know any of this. I could get in trouble. <laughs> um, 
here's the thing about this show, and we've said it repeatedly. They don't show you stuff like that if it does not come back later. I know his mom's going to get him in trouble. <laughs> it was like the um, the adult equivalent of like you're hanging out with your friends and your mom does something that completely derails everything. And you're just like, Mom, why like, do you have to do one that? Of your best friend's secrets or something. Yeah. Mom, Mom, I told you that in secrecy. <laughs> you weren't supposed to tell anybody that. So, yeah. <laughs> his mom's going to be his undoing. I can't freaking wait, man. So, yeah. yeah I, I thought it was pretty funny. That's why I brought it up. <laughs> so, yeah, he um, he goes down to talk to Tyrell after they, Ty, they had Tyrell looking through a book of pictures to ID the the brains behind um, F society and he gets to Elliot's picture and we cut away. So making you think that he's about to ID Elliot, because that's what Mr. Robot slash Elliot thinks is about to happen. Right. Considering Mobley and Trenton were already in the episode. I, I was like, no, they're fixing to set these two up to take this fall. Yeah. And so we, we get, uh, that other FBI dude coming in and saying he's ID'd two suspects. And again, you kind of like, oh, well, it could be uh, um, Elliot and Darlene or Elliot and Angela or, or whoever. Um, well, he, does it, I don't know if he's met Darlene. I can't remember. I know yeah, he's the met mom Angela. scene was after that, wasn't it? You got me thinking now. The mom scene was after he was looking at the pictures. Yeah. Yeah. But then the FBI guy goes down there and shuts the camera off. Which, did you notice how the music cuts out when he shuts the camera off? I love that crap, man. It happens twice in this episode. Yeah, that's... uh, Of course he didn't invent it, but that was one of the tricks that Tarantino liked to use sometimes that I love so much about him. Was cut scenes, you had music like immediately cut off. But what it, it... it wakes you up too. Like if you're getting kind of lulled in and just sort of like not really paying attention, like that, that sudden like silence wakes your brain up and you're like, Oh wait, what, what's happening? Something like something's about to go down. And he, we get to see, uh, Tyrell learn the truth about, um, his wife. Which we speculated that he already knew because uh, Irving handed him uh, some pictures. But in hindsight, like now we know that those pictures were Mobley and Trenton. Or we can assume that that's what they were. And he burned those pictures so that he could ID them later because I don't think he ever met those two. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he didn't. So he gets to learn the truth about his wife. And again, we're in a position of feeling bad for a character that we shouldn't feel bad for. You know, he put himself and his wife and his child in this position. He did this. This is all his fault. You know, his wife did kind of push him in a certain direction. And she was on the, like, ruthless side. But this is still his fault. You know, he bought into all of this nonsense. And now she's dead, mostly because he wasn't around. Yeah, pretty much his fault. (laughs) But it's her fault too for being the well, yeah. I mean, not saying it's just his fault, but you know, I guess what I'm saying is, and I think he portrays it in the scene that all of that he's taking on all of that. It's not like, oh, I'm gonna get. Elliot for what he did or this is all his fault for bringing me into this or it's all the dark army's fault for bringing me into this 
Like, it's him realizing, what did I do? Yeah. That's exactly what that kind of crying is. <laughs> like, <laughs> what did I do? Uh, and... Because there was no anger. He didn't rip stuff up or start throwing anything. Or... I, I I really, really think that it... If anything comes out of this season, like outside of the show, Martin Wallstrom needs to win Best Supporting Actor. <laughs> because... He is just killing it, man. Like every, the last, especially the last few episodes. I, I don't know what it is, but we were always intrigued by him. But like, I am more intrigued by what is going on in his head and what he's going to do than I am with anything else in the show. Yeah, I mean, he's so not a big part of the show. And maybe that's why, because like we're gonna get Elliot's story. I'm, I was intrigued by what was going on with Angela, but after this episode, I'm like, well, they broke Angela, so. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, you were almost to that part. Uh, you see his uh, therapist talking to. Uh, I'm assuming her therapist. <laughs> Yeah, no, or at I, least some some say, kind of confidant or something, or lawyer or something. Yeah, and he he's dismissive. He's like, you know, how many nut jobs say that they're part of all this, and she's like, but I really believe this guy. And you know what's really funny is I was just listening to a podcast where they were talking about how in therapy, like you can tell the therapist things you've done, and they can't turn you in. They can only turn you in if you t- if you tell them things you're going to do. Like if you tell them about something that happened in the past, like they can lose their license if they turn you over to the cops. So, which I I guess I kind of knew that, but I don't know. You think if a murderer confesses, like I guess priests, it's the same way. Like in the confessional, if you tell them what you did. There's like some kind of legal obligation for them. They can urge you to turn yourself in, but they can't turn you in. It's I really mean, I weird. Can, I can understand that though. Oh. Telling someone you're gonna go do something like kill someone or blow something up, those are like threats. If you've already done it, yeah, but anybody if it's, can do about it. If it's murder, <laughs> um. So, uh... Well, the L.A. police should do a better job. <laughs> okay, so we we also got uh, Mobley and Trenton in the car while Joey Badass is digging a grave. Who, uh... Mobley is convinced that it's for them. And I love his whole, like, I'm supposed to be on a J-date with Juanita. And Trenton is just, like, fed up with his BS, man. She's like, A, you're not Jewish. And it doesn't sound like she is either. And he's like, he he has, like, some excuse where he's, like, one-tenth Jewish or something. And her last name is Juanita, what was it, Rosenberg? Yeah, something like that. Like, what? Okay, whatever. But Trenton manages to get out of her, uh, her, they're not handcuffs. Bike lock. It's a bike lock. Uh, her bike lock. And (laughs) we get the, I I feel so bad for where they end up in the episode, but it's pretty funny watching them. It's freaking hilarious because (laughs) all they had to do was sit in the car. He was digging the grave. Instead, she gets out of her bike lock. He talks her into getting in the front seat and putting the pedal to the metal. So she gets the car started and just hits the gas and boom, through the desert. Of course, it's sand. So she <laughs> spins out, into spins a out rock. right into a rock. He's and like, wh- he says, you have is- a genius level IQ and you can't drive a manual. 
What is uh, uh not no not a, an automatic I mean. What is uh Joey Badass say like man you can't do that to a caddy? Yeah. Or something like that. <laughs> that's no way to treat a caddy. Yeah, that's what he says. So in return now they get to dig the grave because they couldn't stay in the car <laughs> and be nice. So they wind up digging the grave for that dude that's not even for them. Yeah, it's insult to injury by the end, because not only did they have to dig that one dude's grave, but, I mean, they're still going to die at the end. Spoilers. So, at, at least they could have just sat in the car and not worked, and then died anyway. Uh, yeah, it's... <laughs> so, uh, from there we go to what, Angela rewinding that video? Over and over and over, over and over, uh, and telling um, Darlene that like they're they're all gonna be okay, right? They're all gonna be okay. Like seriously, they broke Angela. What the hell, man? Yeah, that was kind of weird, her sitting there and just, like, kept rewinding that video. Like, no, watch, see? They're all normal now. (laughs) You you have seriously lost it. So, so this kind of is confirmation that whatever her conversation with White Rose was, was specifically about resetting the past. Because in her mind, that's what they're going to do. Whether that's what it turns out that they're going to do, that's what they're going to do. I mean, he obviously convinced her that's what they were going to do. So, and Irving thinks something similar. So, yeah. What we get after that, well... We get Irving in the garage and Mr. Robot getting jumped by the Dark Army, who are apparently just hanging out at this garage in their masks. <laughs> so weird, but whatever. Um, we get Somebody's here. Put on your mask. <laughs> we get Price and White Rose talking. Uh, Price, Philip Price is pissed about what happened. And it. this is kind of like a a tag on... The first, the end of the first season, where we see them talking, and Price is like, "I'm gonna handle it. Don't worry about it." And what right? What the? What White Rose tells him is that I did all of this because I had to ask you twice. Like, yeah, I thought that was pretty. (laughs) Because he didn't handle Angela. Because Angela's lawsuit was allowed to continue. Yeah. So, and that was all because of the way Price felt about Angela. Yeah, because it like he was trying to get in her pants or something. So, like we never really got confirmation of that, but I think that is pretty much a solid confirmation that he was letting Angela get away with stuff that White Rose was trying to stop. Well, just the people looking into whatever... So, they're in collusion. And apparently, White Rose has a company that... Whatever that company is, they're mostly responsible for the dumping. It's part of E-Corp. Or they used E-Corp to dump those chemicals. Or whatever it is that that caused uh, Angela's mom and... Elliot's dad to both get cancer and die. So there's they're involved in all of that. We still don't know what the whole thing about the Congo is, but apparently that's gonna go through. So okay. And ecoin is poised to be the new monetary standard, you know, because ecorp is now too big to fail and they have all this sympathy leaning their way after those attacks, you know, because it was one thing when they were just attacking the system, but now F society has murdered. What did the toll get to four or 5,000 people? Shoot. I don't remember, man. I know it was over three. 
So 4,000 people, you know, and all, all because Price didn't handle Angela like he said he would. And so White Rose specifically says, so I had to step in and do it for you. Talking about manipulating her. So is this all just manipulation? Did White Rose somehow convince her that they could you know, reset the past or whatever? And is is it all just a red herring? I don't know about the whole red herring thing, but... I mean, because Angela is not the type of person that if you sit down and looked at her and was like, I can... I have a way of resetting the past and changing it so that your parents, your mom lives and none of this bad stuff ever happens. Like, your your life will be completely different and she's just not the type of person that's like, oh, okay, yeah, I believe that. You know, she was a fairly, like, logical, very sane, calculating, you know, intentional person. She doesn't, you know, she doesn't have yeah, flights Yeah, but she's also not that person anymore either. Well, no, she's broke now. <laughs> or broke in. Um, but... Yeah, that him saying that made me think, like, did he somehow manipulate her into believing all of this? Like, I want to know what that conversation was like. So, and if it's just that he proved, or she proved that they could change the past, and but still has no intention of actually using it to help Angela. That's the manipulation. Like, she believed that, you know, if she helped me, that I would help her. And that's not what's going to happen. Oh, I don't know if anybody can help Angela now, but... Yeah. She might be seeing her own Mr. Robot. (laughs) But I got to think that's kind of a red herring. The whole Angela being that, that crap crazy. To throw us off from the time travel stuff? Maybe, I don't know, because maybe she's that I mean, crisscross dude, because she's actually done the travel in time stuff. Maybe. I was going to say, but if, if you found out you were like partially responsible for the deaths of 4,000 people, wouldn't they kind of break you too? Yeah, but I don't think it would be like that. But mm. I mean, everybody's different, so... So, uh, Trenton and Mobley dig the grave for, uh, Mobley's friend. Um, Joey Badass, Leon, is like, you guys are funny and like in a George and Elaine type of way. <laughs> nice Seinfeld reference, callback for his character. Um, and Mr. Robot, who has been, um, kidnapped by the Dark Army and Irving, uh, show up at I'm assuming it's the party that Price and White Rose That's are That's what I assumed. But I don't know. Because like, we don't really get confirmation of that. Um, but basically just... It's Irving showing Mr. Robot like... It doesn't matter what you do, man. No matter what you do... They're going to use this to their advantage. The rich are going to get even richer and more powerful. So, you might as well just help them out so that they can help you out, you know. And he's there to clean up a dead mistress, so, which was a nice, like, throwaway. Like, okay, so is that what he does? He's the cleanup guy? You know, kind of going back to your, well, he's got a garage, so, you know, he can... Put her in a car and take her to a, a junkyard and crush it in the little bits. Yep. So. Uh, so from there we go to uh, Trenton and Mobley and Leon back at their place. The Dark Army, they're setting up. Which, <laughs> I mean, the Dark Army seems to just be like two people. Because <laughs> all we ever see is like two people. So that, yeah, that's two guys in masks and yeah. white rose. So that would be well, I get and white rose's uh companion. 
Um, so I guess it would be interesting if the Dark Army just turned out to be four people. I mean, we saw those other people in the shootout last season with Dom. But, I mean, they're all dead now. So, um, and immediately when they're setting up the computers and we cut, intercut in between, like, the FBI footage and then cutting back to them, I knew, like, well, they're already dead. Like, this this is not happening happening yeah. simultaneously. Yeah, like, they're yeah just you're talking about them more. going through with the yeah. um, night vision on. Yeah. So... I mean, and ultimately, that's just where it it ends. Uh, well, that's not where it ends, but that's what it's leading to is them discovering the dead bodies of Mobley and Trenton. And I've got to say, um, this show is not usually pulled punches as far as like showing the violent stuff. I mean, we we saw the shootout a couple episodes ago with Tyrell's wife that was pretty violent and felt realistic to me season one we saw a dude blow his brains out you know it, it's not shied away from any of that and for the most part that hasn't bothered me that much you know it, it is not fun to watch but i am mostly been on the like well you know good on them for trying to keep it as you know realistic as possible and just show you as much as they can um this is the first time I was ever glad that they didn't show us any of that. Um, a, I thought it was more effective just to end with them both still alive and then forcing uh, Mobley to put the gun to his head and they're just crying and then you just cut to the FBI discovering their dead bodies. But I really like both of those characters and that was going to be tough to watch, man. Yeah, it was already tough to see him. I mean, bang. And then, yeah, you know, you see their corpses. Um, It had happened that same day from all appearances because, like, the blood was still, or even, like, hours before. But we, we also know that the FBI dude was instrumental in, like, setting all that up. So he wouldn't have wouldn't have pushed for them to go in unless he knew everything was already gone and happened and everything was good. Um, but still, I was glad we didn't have to watch them die. I, I'm, I was bummed that they're dead, man. Uh, I really liked both of those characters and kind of hoped that they, you know, rode off into the sunset, even though when Leon shows up at the end of last season... Yeah, you're kind of like, oh, crap. Something's going to happen with them eventually. And it just took this long to get back to that moment. Um, So, you know, that's it. FBI's like, well, we got them. They're dead. It's uh, double suicide or murder-suicide or whatever they call it. And lights out, we've got the people. Um, They were planning attack on airports that were going to reroute planes into God knows where or whatever. And we stopped it. You know, we saved the day. Um, and of course, Dom knows that that's, that's not, it's not that simple. And we see her board, which I wanted to get a screenshot of and like read over it. But I just, I didn't really have the time. So, Talking about all that code on the computer and stuff? No, 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 no. I'm talking about her whiteboard. Oh. I mean, she had... the Dude, there was like everything. All two seasons worth of information. And I don't doubt that it's all like accurate, but I'm wondering if there were any clues. Um, But I, I don't think there are because Dom is still playing a step behind. You know, she knows that something else is going on. She just hasn't put all of the pieces together. She doesn't realize how big of a conspiracy this actually is. So, you know. Um, and she writes white rose on a piece of paper and sticks it on the board and says, uh, what does she say? 
you're actually going to get away with this or something like that. So, I don't know, man. Something's going to happen and she's going to put it together. And, I mean, but it could just, could be that Elliot tells her, you know, maybe she. Well, I think her, Darlene, and Elliot will wind up working together eventually. Yeah. And... Yeah. Well, uh, Overall, I mean, a good episode. We got some answers to some questions, but mostly this episode felt like it was about closing certain doors and so that they're not, not still, you know, threads hanging out there. You know, like now we know the fate of Mobley and Trenton. We, we've got an inkling as to why White Rose is was doing all this to Philip Price. Um, you know, we still don't understand exactly what happened, how Angela was convinced that the past could be reset or whatever. But, you know, it, it's a step that way. Uh, I'm looking forward to next, or, well, th- at this point, this week's episode. Uh, I just want to know what's up with Angela. They broke her, man. I told you. There's got to be more to it than that. Uh, um, I think we'll get a lot of Darlene in this next episode. It's funny you say closing doors because that's exactly what she goes in her office on the whiteboard and does. Starts Xing names out, closing doors. They're like, not these people. Or they're no longer players in this. So, like, she doesn't know about Irving. She doesn't know. She probably knows about Leon, but doesn't know that Leon's connected, you know. She doesn't know who White Rose is. She doesn't, you know, realize how big this conspiracy truly is. Like, she's got a whiteboard. She would need ten whiteboards filled with names, you know, as for how big this goes. I know one of the names on there was Terry Colby. <laughs> yeah, that's a blast from the past. Uh, <clears throat> but uh, anyway, so I, I really don't have anything else to say about the episode. I guess we can keep it short this week. We've run kind of long in the past. <laughs> Plus, it's coming late, so won't make anybody listen to an hour and a half of us rambling. Um. We'll get the next one out more on time. <laughs> uh, maybe Friday. I should have it. Well, if we can record Thursday, I should have it up Friday. So we're getting close to the end of the season, and we're we're gonna do a like a postseason. Our I'm pretty sure our good friend Jess in Atlanta is gonna join us to talk. Uh, yeah, I told her it'd probably be better if we did a postseason kind of wrap up not really wrap up but more we have more legs to stand on we know uh we have a better idea of a direction and we'll know more about the time travel stuff yeah so Uh, which i could be totally wrong about all of those things but and we'll i think by then we'll probably at least have watched a few episodes of smilf which is uh, a show on Showtime, right? Yeah, with starring with former, my girl. former Mr. Robot actress <laughs> Ryan's um, future ex girlfriend. <laughs> Your wife doesn't listen to the podcast, so no, Miss Miss uh, Frankie Shaw, who created the show it's kind of based yeah, she's writer director yeah it's creator. kind of based on her her life she did a uh one man or not, one, one man. woman <laughs> no it's not even that it's not a play it was a short movie um you know like you would take to a film festival or something uh. and i guess showtime said hey you want to do a show so, uh, that's interesting. Uh, she's, uh, she's done a little bit since Mr. Robot. 
Uh, I think this is probably the most high-profile thing. Oh, man, you should watch it. She's so southy, which is uh, Boston. Uh, I want to see Hollyweed, but I don't think it ever got uh, picked up. It was a pilot that her and Kevin Smith did. Yeah, I read about that. Um, Um, Adam Brody was in it. It was like com- about competing uh, uh, pot dispensaries or something like that. I wonder if that'll ever see the light of day. Because he raved about her, man. Like on one of his podcasts, he's like, I just worked with this actress, Frankie Shaw, on this this pilot called Hollyweed. And I mean, he he just would not stop, stop talking about how fantastic she was and... Um, so yeah, I I gotta catch up with with Smilf. So um, anyway, uh, we'll be back uh, later this week talking about the next episode. Um, go check out all our other stuff over at filmdispenser.com. dot com. I don't know. Did you have anything else you wanted to add? I feel like I'm kind of just rushing to the end. Um no, uh, think I'm good. <laughs> Uh, go yeah, go check out everything else. Cough syrup. Yeah, I I I'm so tired of being sick, man. It's it's a week now of me dealing with this. I'm freaking sick of it. Um, but anyway, and and then I start my radiation treatments Monday tomorrow. Ugh. So I looked up Hollyweed. Apparently, someone in the past has altered the Hollywood side. <laughs> To read Hollyweed. Really? Yeah, that's... Uh, let's see, when was this posted? Um, oh, January 1st, 2017. <laughs> huh. um, tweet us at Podcast. Email us uh, Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, go rate and review us over on iTunes. Although, apparently, we won't see it for like a year. So, because we never check it. Um, so yeah, you should just email us. <laughs> Ryan reads all the emails. So yeah, if you guys, uh, if you guys like, uh, what's the name of that show she podcasts about? Um, Legends of Tomorrow. Yeah, Legends of Tomorrow. Um, go check out Jess's podcast. It's called uh, Tomorrow's Legends. I assume it's on iTunes. I haven't checked it out yet. <laughs> I was but, uh, talking to this dude at work the other day, uh, this new guy, and he was like, I, we were talking about something, and he was like, yeah, I'm tired, I stayed up late last night recording a podcast. And I was like, oh, you do a podcast? He was like, yeah. He started telling me, I was like, is it, a, I said, what, what's it called? I subscribed to it on iTunes. He was like, oh, we're not on iTunes. I was like, what? He said, well, it's, it's a video cast. Uh, we do it on YouTube. I was like, you know, you could just put the video up on iTunes, right? <laughs> or or just take the audio out and it was oh, I mean we just do it for fun. Like you don't want more people to listen to it, man? Whatever. I told him I was like, if you need any help with that, let me know. So Yeah, I need to subscribe to her podcast. I'm behind on legends though. I still gotta watch this week's crossover she stays behind on our podcast (laughs) (laughs) these are her words not mine (laughs) she doesn't stay behind on mr robot though no that's the good part all right anyway all right we'll see you guys later this week bye everybody Here's a little ghost for the offering Yeah, 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 yeah Here's a truck stop instead of St. Peter's Yeah, 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 yeah Mr. Andy Coffin's gone wrestling